Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Welcome again to the Driven Chat Podcast. I'm John Marker and... Joining me for the intro part of this podcast only, we have via FaceTime, Andy J. Hi, Andy J. Hello. It's weird that we're back on FaceTime, John, because we are, we are now <laughs> working face-to-face back in the truck at Caffeine and Machine every Tuesday, and we just didn't record a podcast intro together when we were there. <laughs> <laughs> Easily done. Easily done. But I think people this is quite... people are getting used to the format now. <laughs> I just, I'm at the point where I'm not even sure if we need this intro because I mean, what you're about to hear, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And you can explain it all in a moment, John. But what you're about to hear is something we recorded in person with Mr. JWW, with Amy Shaw, with you and I. We were all in the same space, COVID secure, before anyone kind of writes in. <laughs> uh, no, but we were, I mean, we were, we were, of course, incredibly responsible broadcasting. And we, we all sat and, and did it as a, as a sort of one take Lovely conversation. We don't really need this chat at the start, John. <laughs> no, we don't. We potentially don't. Yeah. No, could, you're right. People it, could listen was... to this on a plus two. So we'll be talking like that. <laughs> it was lovely, though, wasn't it? I mean, the being yeah. able to actually sit in the same space and just yeah hear people and not have to not have to worry about that two or three millisecond satellite delay through the internet and able to read facial expressions. It's just lovely. The more of that, the better. Which of course we're now doing, which is great. Exactly, exactly. And for those that are wondering, if you haven't um, heard the news, we do have a radio show now, Talk Radio, 7 o'clock on a Sunday. Mm. And we do them from our truck, our mad articulated lorry that turns into a radio show and TV studio, which is lots and lots of fun and we love it. And best of all, it's parked 
at, you know, the amazing caffeine and machine, which we absolutely love. Now, we do record those. We might as well make this clear. We record those and lots of content for the future podcasts on a Tuesday on site at Caffeine mm-hmm. and Machine. And if you've never been to Caffeine and Machine, if you're looking for an excuse or or you're a regular, why don't you come and say hello? We will be there every Tuesday. Yep. And Mike Brewer is with us every Tuesday. There's so many people that like to get selfies with Mike because he's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll have a litany of cool, interesting, fascinating automotive types joining us across the weeks as well. So I'm all for people coming to come down and be part of the gang, John. Yeah, absolutely. Please, please do. And at the moment, you can just rock up on a Tuesday evening. It's not an evening that currently needs tickets what i'll say is do just double check before you set off especially if you're you're driving for many many miles because we we do get that at caffeine machine people drive huge amounts of um, miles to come and like, enjoy the atmosphere like, me. like you andy yeah you, you've got a fairly long drive um so uh, just double check that it's not ticketed but at the moment at, at the time that we record this it's not tickets are not required and booking in advance is not required for tuesday evening so yeah do come along say hi come and have a chat with mike he loves to talk um, we all love to meet you. It's just brilliant. It's really good fun. Yeah, brilliant. John, um, let's let's learn about today's episode because we've already cats out of the bag. Mr. JWW uh, yes. is 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 our big guest. He's the he's the headline star. He is indeed. Yeah, James and I, we've been talking about getting him into the truck and onto the podcast for for quite a long time, quite a few months now actually. And um, it, James is so busy with his work, his vlogging, his marketing stuff all all the various things that keep him busy as a influencer or a however you want to describe him youtuber um and we've managed to we managed to get the the stars to align and managed to get ourselves in the same space that was fantastic and what james offered us was just the most i'm sure you'll agree andy the most honest open no no bars held conversation He's incredibly revealing. He's amazingly honest. He took us both by huge surprise. Mm. The the things that he shared with us right out the starting block. I mean, he even says this is sort of an exclusive. I haven't really talked That's about right. this before. Yeah, yeah. Now, we weren't searching for that. Incidentally, he would just he just felt happy to chat and share it. Yeah. But I think the main thing that we need to mention in this preamble, John, is is the big thing that has kind of rocked his world and, yeah. and taken the, the petrol head community by surprise from earlier this year, which, of course, is that famous uh, fallout tweet, whatever you want to call it, mm. from Top Gear's Chris Harris. You, uh, you can yeah. explain that a little more clearly, John, but the, the point is we all know that Chris Harris said something that basically, you know, put Mr. JWW in the crosshairs. Mm. We all know that he has addressed it very briefly online but hasn't really spoken about it. Well, today on our podcast, thanks to John's excellent line of questioning, you will hear James answer in full detail exactly what that was all about and how he feels about it. Absolutely, yeah. It was it was a boat-rocking tweet from TV's Chris Harris, which uh, has for many, many months since uh, kept conversations going. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to, I, I did ask James in advance before we recorded, I said, hey, can I can I talk about the Litchfield thing? Uh, and he, he gave his blessing, he said, yeah, ask me whatever you like. So, yeah, what uh, what materialised you're about to hear is James's side of that story, that um, that very bizarre experience for him. And of course, something I want to make clear, we do say it in the recording, we do say it in the interview, but I don't want anyone listening to this thinking that this is an attack on Chris or, or some sort of uh, you know, controversy building episode where we're trying to get listens in. This was just an honest conversation. Um, we said it in the episode, both myself and James, how, how much of a fan we are and we still are of Chris Harris. Um, 
it's just that... Well, it's not uh, an attack on Chris Harris at all. No, It's not an attack no. on Chris Harris in any, in any way. You, you simply mentioned the tweet. Yeah. And then we asked James how he felt about it. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Chris Harris is... is in this instance, a very much a bit part player. You know, mm. it's it's just this is what he did. Now, what happened to you? Yes, yeah. that's yeah. that's what happens here. No, no, no. Of course, this there's no Chris Harris bashing. He's Top Gear's finest. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting lesson, and I, I know that a lot of people will be here because they want to hear that side of the story, um, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Here we go. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Hey there, welcome to Driven Chat. We are coming to you from the Driven Chat truck parked up at Caffeine and Machine. And that is a sentence I don't think is ever going to get old. As you can tell, we are thrilled to be here. I'm Andy J. I am sat alongside my colleagues, Mr. John Markar. How are you doing today, John? I'm very well. Thank you, Andy. How are you? I'm shivering, as is Amy Shaw. How are you doing, Amy? <laughs> I'm so cold. I have many layers on. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Good, thank you. Are you? That's, we need to get the heating fixed in this yeah. truck because it's lovely in the day time and then the sun goes down and it gets very chilly. Now we are in the presence of greatness. We have a celebrity superstar sat in the director's chair over in the corner of the studio. A man who you will know and it's as simple as that. You're going to know him. <laughs> you will know him as Mr. JWW from his own YouTube channel and his social media output and of course his collaborations with multiferous brands. Not the least with Aston Martin. I mean, you and Aston Martin, James, you seem to be very interlinked, which is really lovely to see and must be awesome. Hi, welcome to the show. Hey, I was going to say, I don't know where to start. That was a hell of an intro. Thanks very much. I've never been uh, referred to on such accolade. That's uh, that's awesome. But um, yeah, Aston Martin, the last 18 months with that brand has been, I've basically been in, in oh, Gaiden for, I don't know, probably every other week for the last... Six months. It's been wild. It's been an incredible journey. But uh, in fact, the the result of which is parked outside. So it's been yes, cool. Yes, which is your very own DBX, which is a, a special thing. Yeah. And we, we will come on to that because sure it's, okay. it's amazing. But James, I think it's important for the audience mm. to start and understand your journey. Because if you look at just the headlines, mm -hmm. then the, the basics are left your job, started a YouTube channel. Yeah. Now you've got <laughs> bazillions of followers and you're working with the likes of Aston Martin. And that sounds like a fairy tale. Yes, it feels like one, actually. Um, it depends how long we've got, because it goes quite far back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the journey for me is, um, it actually starts at school, actually. And now when I say how far back, it does start there. Okay. But there's 10 years, which I'll jump for you. So we're not freezing ourselves off uh, too much. But um, yeah, a story which I don't talk about too much, and this will be somewhat of an exclusive for you, somewhat, was when I was growing up, I had a debilitating stutter to the point where I couldn't talk. Okay. Um, so when I was at school, I was the guy that would walk around with a permanent sick note, effectively, which would excuse me from doing any sort of public speaking talks, anything like that. Wow. Uh, just because for some reason, I've still never got to the bottom of why. Um, but I just had a pretty bad stutter. And it really was like, my name is like, and I just give up. Um, and it got worse. And I'm I'm not sure why. Um, and so I lived with that for a long time. And then somewhere along the way, I found the what is now a miracle for me, which is uh, filming and editing. But the editing really was the big deal because it was the first time that I could edit words before anyone heard them, right? So imagine someone who who has difficulty saying something and I all of a sudden know that I when I put a camera up to my face 
I know that before anyone's going to hear this, I have control over the end result of that. That was the first time in my life that I'd ever had that. So conventionally, when someone sticks a camera in someone's face, normally they're like, oh, I don't know how to act. For me, it was a revelation. It was like, hold on a minute. I can capture this moment. And if it's not right, I could do it again. Or I can find a way of editing this. So when someone does hear it, I'm not stuttering. So that's how my, my love for film actually started. It wasn't through cars. So at school, um, I would film me and my friends skiing and things like that. Then we all quickly passed our driving tests. And after that, it was like, forget skiing, because we only do that once a year. Uh, let's film <laughs> our cars. And so I was filming cars at quite an early age. When I say early age, it was 17. But um, for the love of cars, but also how far can I push this editing thing how far can i talk to a camera and in a weird way I'd, i i used to fascinate myself listening to myself back being able to string entire sentences together so at 17 when you're editing and when you're with your mates yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and car clubs and yeah. so on you're still stuttering at this oh point. mate that was probably the worst time i don't know and again i don't know why it was when i look back on it i think there was probably this underlying confidence thing i'm not sure why I've 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 never not known a day since I can recall since I was born when I could talk where I've not had it until I found this wonderful world of editing and I still have it now um but this trigger that went off in my mind after that was oh I can do it I can talk it's just there was this sort of switch in my mind that when there was a camera there it didn't happen. It was the strangest thing. It was like, oh, I've got this safety net now because no matter how it goes, I can change it. I can stop it. I can take two, three, four. The weird thing was when it was there, it didn't happen. It was a really odd thing. And that really changed my entire life. So it wasn't just, I like cars, I like filming. It was this for me as a literal game changer for me. Yes, I wonder also if naturally you say you know because you could edit it and and author your own speech there then that had that amazing impact but also i wonder if actually your subconscious watching the finished product back seeing you speak fluently in in full sentences and cohesively i wonder if that actually was the the ultimate journey to be able to speak properly likely yeah it's a really odd thing and um it's funny because if we fast forward to today when i'm filming cars i get you know people People joke a lot in the comment section that I use these sort of um, unnecessarily descriptive words in order to talk about the experience of being in a car. And that has come from me having to become a walking thesaurus because I know sentences in advance what word I'm about to stutter on. So say it's something beginning with M. Way in advance, my brain's gone, what's another word for that word? And I've come up with that before it's happened. So over the years and years and years of doing that, your vocabulary develops to such a state that rather than saying something is fast, you'll come up with something which is a lot more elaborately descriptive in order to say exactly the same thing. And the audience thinks it's funny and engaging. For me, it's just a workaround to say the flipping sentence. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's funny how it's sort of come full circle and uh, it actually helps my line of work now. This is so interesting. And yeah. actually we have another, I hope you don't mind, John, but... Mm. but John, do you know this about John? John John in his past has had yeah. some speech challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's really fascinating hearing you speak. And there'll be people at home listening who will be going, what? Yeah, because like, no way. And you probably have this often. Uh-huh. And I remember when we first met, we'll, we'll go to that story. Sure, yeah. But um, I remember detecting that you had a 
speech impediment and yeah. it's something that I automatically become really sympathetic to. But my story in a, in a real rushed uh-huh. uh, sense is I was born with a very, very rare condition, which is a disguised cleft palate. Okay. So the roof of my mouth, the, the channel between nasal cavity and mouth effectively uh-huh. had a very, li- a very thin layer of skin okay. as opposed to um, the hard bit of tissue that we all are now feeling with our tongues. Right. Um, <laughs> and this went to everyone around the nation going... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, this went completely undiscovered. My sister was born with an exposed cleft palate. So for her, it was very obvious from the minute she was born. Right. Looked in her mouth and there it was. And um, when I was born, because apparently it's quite a hereditary thing. If it, it runs in the family, it's very common. If one child has it, the brother or sister will then have it. The sibling will also wow. have it. They looked okay. in my mouth and went, nope, fine, he's grand. It wasn't until I was about 11 years old that attending one of my sister's ear, nose and throat consult- consultations, uh, one of the doctors said, can we just have a quick poke in your mouth? I just want to see how it differs. And I remember seeing the lady's face light up. Wow. Where she said, oh, my goodness, you've got one of these rare conditions. So, of course, I then had to have reconstructive surgery on my mouth. And as a wow. 11, I believe, yeah, 10 or 11 years old, uh, you're going to have this surgery. You're under the knife. For, in fact, I had two amounts of surgery. And each time you wake up, and you try to say a word, and the, it's as literally as if someone has put a sandwich in your mouth, and Wild. now you try and say something, and it's like, yeah. uh, uh, what? <laughs> I, I'm making the noise that I think it should sound like, but it's not. So I, too, went through, and I don't know if you went through the speech therapy Oh, mate, route. countless. But it didn't do any, it, for me, it was the editing in the film. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's yeah. the difference between you and I, because for, for me, it was learning to articulate certain words uh-huh. again. And sure. there are still times now where I yeah. will try and say certain things, and I will start to stumble because it's, there'll be certain, if it's a sequence of words with the, the same sound or letter that start, then sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know, it's going funny. <laughs> and it, I think it's possibly more psychological than a physical right. yeah, yeah. attribute. But yeah, I many, many years of sitting reading Susie Drops the Silver Spoon in the Soggy Pasta. <laughs> not, yeah, it's all of that. And <laughs> all be, of that jazz, there will yeah. be people at home For that sure. had speech therapy at some point in their lives that will be nodding. Going, oh, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. But yes, it's uh, it's it's a funny. Do you find yourself? Because I certainly do. Whenever I pick up on the fact that someone's got a speech impediment, uh-huh. it's you kind of just want to. You don't want to be that person that tries to finish the <laughs> sentence because that is no. Anyone listening now, that's the worst thing you can do for anyone with a speech impediment. Don't try to finish the sentence for them. But just I find myself being so sympathetic and thinking, God, I know exactly what you're going. Through. I know that yeah, that feeling, yeah, that emotion, yeah. that frustration when you just want to say the bloody thing you want to say. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, for me, it's. It's something that I'll, I don't think I'll ever not have. Mm. Um, if I'm, and these things in, in the, the line of work that I'm fortunate enough to find myself in now happen a lot. If I'm excited, tired, nervous, whatever it is, mm. if I have spikes in a particular emotion, mm. that will not help things. Yeah. So then, but the two worst are tired and nervous yeah. i'm tired and nervous just go home <laughs> because yeah. i'm like today i'm not talking you know it's yeah. a really strange thing mm. um so yeah that 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 for me is where the love of the editing came around and when i combined that with cars um it was just a journey which i'd been on since i could uh, drive so yeah but then i took a from from filming cars joined the quote real world for 10 years and i didn't film or do anything it was just this thing which I always had as this backup that I knew would help me. It was there. It was something I'd learned. And I would dabble in it in my spare time. It wasn't until I started doing what I do now that it just took it on to a completely different level. So, um, yeah, that's right. Let's talk about the nerves because you obviously this is 
something that's in the back of your mind the whole time. And, and don't be wrong, we need to talk about cars soon. You know? sure. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's been a fantastic start and absolutely fascinating. We can't do anything about tired. Everyone goes uh, tired. Yeah, yeah. But you put yourself in circumstances where nerves are going to be a byproduct. Not mm. when you're filming yourself and with your own team that you're mm-hmm. in charge of. That's a mm. natural thing. You're your master of your own domain. Yeah. However, you've hosted events for Aston Martin. I've seen you on the grid at Formula E for mm. Jaguar, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. These are things usually involve live audiences, mm. thousands, <laughs> sometimes millions of people on a streaming service. Yeah. You are not not nervous. No. Um that's double the negative. Only, You're going no, to be totally nervous. Know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the only way I can explain that is um, that degree of nerves is so next level that there's a different operating window that I find anyway. I don't know about other people, but um, I find a n- something else in myself um, without sounding too cheesy. Um, like a game face. Like a game face, <laughs> yeah. It's a really interesting one where... It's there's so much riding on this that it's almost not even an option. It's like this isn't this is not going wrong. It, mm. it, it yeah, can't no, I, I, I mean, with the things I've done in my career, I know exactly what what it's like yeah, to stand yeah. in front of all that kind of people and yeah, go. Absolutely, yeah. Have you found? Because I did. Because what you've just said rings really true. Uh-huh. Some of the live events I've hosted and things, yeah. you do. You sort of go. I I simply can't f this up yeah. because mm. the stakes are too significant. However, something changed in me, and I think it will have done for you as uh-huh. well where everything got reframed when I became a dad. Yes. And suddenly nothing was that important. Yeah, absolutely. After that moment, nothing has anywhere near as much importance as you thought it did. I mean, there are certain things where being a dad filters down into the, like your career is important to looking after that child. (laughs) So sometimes you can blow it out of proportion and go, oh, well, if this goes wrong, I'm I'm done, (laughs) right? So you think, oh, and how's that going to affect me paying the school fees? Um, But generally, you contextualize things much more clearly. And you're like, well, really, if this goes wrong or if this is such a big, like, it would be so trivial to find out that something went wrong in uh, presenting something for a luxury product that no one really needs compared to having a phone call from someone saying your son's gone involved in an accident or something like that. And I think that contextualizes life pretty swiftly, actually. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah. this is the, the devil of nerves. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you get reframed and it's like, actually, yeah, like, what actually, was all what? the fuss I know. about? So you're basically yeah, saying, yeah. if anyone's nervous, just have children. It's all fine. Have, <laughs> the more kids you have, the less nerves you experience. Okay. So yeah, have <laughs> lots of like children. Where this one's going. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Unless John Marker, which we've established, who should never legally be allowed to breed. In which case, that's, that's absolutely fine. Now we talked about childhood very briefly, James, of course, but yep. you know nobody gets into cars professionally or otherwise without also bloody loving them. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's, um, you know, without sounding super cheesy, it's definitely in the DNA, man. It's never been not on the radar. Um, my granddad sold classic cars. My uncle still is a uh, restoration specialist that specializes in restoring classic Astons. Um, my dad dabbled in Formula Ford, but only for a few years because it was too expensive for him. Um and so it's always been there. And my household, because my dad was into motorsport, it was always, in summers, there was never the sound of football on in the house. It was always some sort of engine, you know? And so my childhood is just Murray Walker. You know, that was, yes. that was the yeah. sound. And it was just underpinned by the sound of an F1 car. There was never a roaring crowd from football or rugby. And I think that's 
a foundation which probably affected me too. There was just this inherent interest from there. Um, but there's just something so ridiculously exciting about cars that anyone tuning in, I guess, I don't need to explain it. It's just, you know, we create fire to propel a machine forwards. That's cool, mm. right? <laughs> <laughs> it is actually very cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah we can't deny it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, interestingly, though, although obviously I know that you're doing a bit of racing on the side now, uh-huh. a lot of people that grew up with Murray Walker, as you say, they want to be racing drivers. They yes. don't necessarily want to be doing things with cars. They want to be going uh-huh. fast in cars. You know, it seems yeah. to be the sort yeah. of... So for you to be pulled in the other direction, mm. it's quite an interesting one. You know, the Murray Walker in particular, Formula One, mm-hmm. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, John, mm. but I've always, the people I've felt that were obsessed with F1, they wanted to go karting or they wanted to get in a caterer or more, uh-huh. whatever, like a Formula Ford. Whereas that wasn't the draw for you until you got a bit older and had kids and decided I'm going to yeah, scare myself on a well, race. Well, I mean, I never <laughs> thought it would, it, it was always there. I'd always wanted to do it. Um, but I just never had the opportunity to. I did the whole go-karting thing. But I tell you what, it's bloody expensive. I mean, even karting, it's crazy cash mm-hmm. now. Um, and so I got to a point where I did some karting when I was younger. And then when you really start to explore it, you're like, I need sponsorship. Like, you cannot go further. Um, and so unless you have that opportunity, it's only for fun. And then you just think, oh, okay, well, if it's only for fun, I'm going to dabble in it. And then it never really happens. And I was doing that, you know, probably sort of, 12 to 17, say, you know, in and out of uh, uh, carts. And it wasn't until I'm in this life now, which from from where I started feels like a completely different world, that people are giving me invites to go into racing cars, which is Mm -hmm. incredible, but also an opportunity which I, when I tell you, I never thought it would happen. The other day, I was in the pits of Silverstone. I've, I've been incredibly fortunate to get invited by Praga to race their car in the, uh, Brick car series. And as amazing as all of the cars there are, um, I remember when my dad used to take me to race meetings and I would walk through the paddock and you know, all the, you see all, all of these trucks and people pulling all these cars out and the, the support network around these trucks. I was always like, who are these people? I was like, <laughs> who is doing that? Right. And last Friday, I found myself stepping out of one of these trucks. I just put a race suit on. And I stepped out of this truck and I had a bit of a moment. And I was like, what has happened? Like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I was one of the guys stepping out of one of those trucks. I just thought this is absolutely insane. So that was a really special moment, mm. you know, particularly because it's probably 15 years later than I would have liked. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, as Amy has proved herself in the last six months, you know, you're never too old to get started in racing Absolutely. you know people are always yeah, like oh yeah, no it's impossible sure. but there's a huge difference between racing as a career oh, totally. and then racing yeah. for pure pleasure and enjoyment and passion yeah and it's really it's really highlighted to you when you get put next to a pro driver you're like oh <laughs> okay <laughs> that's why he's a racing driver and i'm not yes yeah, so you've, you've also had abby eaton on the team yeah you? yeah oh, she's, she's amazing quick. so she's actually racing in our Praga series and she's just so on fire you know it's a, and it's fantastic to see it because you learn so much from spending time with people like Abby you know and you could just have a, a chat with her for half an hour and you're like I'm doing it all wrong <laughs> you know it's like okay cool you know and you learn so much and you get such a massive appreciation for how much skill these people have you know it's really as much as you think you might be quick and then I as much as I love driving sometimes I love being the passenger next to someone who does it for 
and living. And it just opens your your eyes up to how capable these cars really are. Mm. It's incredible. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. true. I'm not going to get into racing until I've got... Because I've, having worked for British GT for well, uh-huh. 10, 11 years and had the pleasure of hosting that, it's, of course, a Pro-Am championship. Yeah. So you've got some of the greatest sort of sports car drivers out there. And yeah. then yeah. these sort of wealthy, love-their-racing guys. Yeah. And I've noticed that the best ones of those mm-hmm. are all heavily overweight. <laughs> now I'm never going to be a pro driver and I'm an old man so I'm working on the gut and then when I know that a, a race suit is going to look truly awful on me yes, that's when that's I'm going to start yeah when you've reached peak maturity just when it's a full on when it's literally there isn't a big enough one it's bursting at the seams because then I've got the excuse which is oh the ballast or that's oh well the, the gut was in the way of the steering wheel you know because there'll yeah, always be yeah, if yeah. I'm too fat to drive yeah. properly I can be a great racer and it's not like, my fault this tummy was in the way it. Otherwise, you know, that chicane would have been easy when I was younger. You know, that's the plan. Yeah. What do you think, Amy? Am I onto a winner? You've done a bit of racing recently. Well, this is so for a start. I like the way that you were like, you're never too old to start racing. Rachel, say, what are you trying to say about me? The youngest youngest one here. (laughs) Yeah, but you started at 29, which you think you think of racing drivers start at eight. Yeah. I think or good 12. ones do. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or as we, you know, as we've some of our guests have had, like Kelvin Fletcher and stuff, and and yourself, the good people are also they will get there in the end and they will mm. do well. So, for me, I'd, I've had one race, so I wouldn't call myself a racing driver, even though I like to pretend sometimes. You know, I do my do my ironing in the in the race <laughs> But um, I think after this third lockdown, I don't know if I'll fit in it anymore. So I think I'm working well, on the good. Yes. I'm on your side. This is the solution. <laughs> this is it. Let's be fat racers. I think that could be its own racing series. That would Work. That's its own. That's its own team. At Driven least. chats, yeah. fat races. <laughs> John, you're probably the most handy peddler amongst us. Are you up for getting fat and then cramming I, yourself into a race suit? I'd prefer not to get any fatter, ideally. Oh. So um, I'll, that's I'll, not I'll, that's not I'll a team happily, player at all. You're I'll, out with the team. John. I'll, I'll <laughs> help with team management. I'll be happy to do that um, and, and catering. I'll be head of catering for you, and I'll keep the butter coming. Just butter team filled fat. everything. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> I'm in. I mean, you know, I'm down with it. I've made a head start thanks to lockdown. I'm, I'm, I'm good for it. So, James, talk to me about the madness of, of being a very successful YouTuber. I mean, it's just... A, it's a new career. It wasn't a career. What on earth? What? When I, yeah, what when is I it? Was a, when I was, in fact, when, even when I was at uni, it wasn't a thing. Like, yeah. It wasn't, I'm, I'm going to... I did a, I did a, a talk at a school um, two years ago. And afterwards, you sat on these tables with all these kids and you sort of went around to different tables and you ask the generic question of, what do you want to be when you grow up? That was the sort of icebreaker. And footballer was still there. And incredibly, YouTuber was right Mm. after it. Mm. And I thought, crikey, if we had this chat six, seven years ago, Mm -hmm. that just wouldn't be a thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So this this, uh, career that literally didn't exist a few years ago and now it's like mainstream like people want to be these content creators YouTubers as much as footballers I couldn't believe it it's wild well tell us about a day in the life because you know the three of us we are yeah. Amy, John and I we're making things all the time but we're not we're not YouTube people are we I mean it's I don't know what it is what does what is a the day in the life day? is 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 quite difficult because there's no consistency to it at all mm-hmm. the last 12 months have been a completely different story um, but if we take 2019, um, I had 80 flights, That's wow. eight, eight wow. zero, um, because unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how much you like to travel, <laughs> um, no brands are launching new cars in the UK. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was a perpetual 
living out of a suitcase in and out of airports, going to various different countries to go on the next launch. So you, your average day is um, what car am I filming today? Um, which country do I need to be in? What time zone will I be in? I remember at the end of 19, um, we had an Audi RS6 first drive launch in um, LA. And while I was out there, and I'd been out there for four days, just begun to acclimatize myself, I thought, you know what, I'll stay out for a few more days. And, and um, while I was out there, I had an invite for a car launch in Bahrain. And uh, they were like, yeah, we, we could do with you being on the plane sort of tonight. Oh, and uh, I was like, okay, <laughs> that was a 18 hour, 18 hour journey layover in Istanbul. Um, and you land and you're just like, what planet am I on? What car am I about to drive? Um, so there's n never a day which is the same, which is probably the best thing about it. But there's equally, there's, there's very little um, consistency and planning to it. The calendar's wild. It doesn't really allow for much spontaneity because you're so booked up, as it were. So with this, I, I feel like we need to address two things, actually. Firstly, I feel <laughs> we should gonna, move your chair across because our <laughs> truck has started leaking on you. It's raining the, so thanks much. Thanks to the mad rain. <laughs> and, and secondly, John, uh, you've got to tell us about these amazing machines we can hear in the background. Yeah. If anyone's just tuned in, what yeah, is all that noise? Yeah. We're at Caffeine yeah. Machine and people are bringing their machines, aren't they, John? We, uh, we are being interrupted by quite a noisy R8 uh, that's not that's standard. Not that's not standard. That's a manifold and then an exit pipe by the sounds of it. Yes, it's quite noisy, of course. And we've got a, about what sounds like, I should imagine, 35,000 motorcycles all <laughs> deciding to arrive and depart at the same time. So, yes, it's a very real recording. Um, there we go. There's more firing up. There's a, there's a little bit of... So, some of that is my tummy rumbling as well. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting on those well, look, if you're tuning yeah. into a car show and you don't like the sound of uh, engines exactly. in the background, exactly. you know, what can we do? It's a very so. good point. <laughs> uh, but, but James, just to sort of come back to this kind of mad world, you know, mm -hmm. having to do these crazy flights and these last minute things, and you're at the beck and call of manufacturers and so on. Yeah. It's a slightly delicate question. I don't I don't mean to be intrusive here. But Far away. People are going to be intrigued. Yeah. Are you getting paid for these things? You know, if you've got to make an 18 hour flight um, to make a video, is it? You're indirectly. I'm not getting paid by a manufacturer to go and speak about a car, um, but the. Um, the money which you will earn off the advertising revenue generated right. from the video of filming that car. So you are, you know, inadvertently being paid as a result of it. But sadly, it's not brands writing checks going, come yeah. and film So you car. know, yeah. you're, in a, you're in a corner of the world and mm -hmm. someone says, hey, listen, you know, come and make a video over here. And yeah. it's a drop everything moment because... Mm -hmm. It's a one-off opportunity. Yeah. Is there part of you that kind of goes, well, I know that that's rare enough that it's going to pull a proper crowd? And if oh, it's for sure. If it's oh. a bit of a nap Absolutely, car. yeah. If it's pretty average, I'm, I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's, you know, if it's a few hours flight, then then great. But if it's, a, if it's an LA to Bahrain job, it has to be pretty substantial to go and do that. What was, so, the, what was the car? It was a P1 GTR. And it was a completely booked out so it was private track. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll see you there. <laughs> I'll be there. Um, I've just uh, checked the yeah, diary right. and yeah. it's free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it was cool. I've got a bit more of a personal question, if you don't mind me asking. Fire away. So yeah, being on YouTube, having your face and, you know, having yeah. kind of your personality out there, does it ever, because I, I know from doing my own kind of like Instagram and stuff, 
and doing things where I'm like kind of face on to some of the things, I get very concerned about how I come across, and it, it does affect my own mental health. Does it? Okay. Has it ever affected you, or is it from your from your kind of like your stutter to mm-hmm. having this as a complete confidence boost? Yeah, has it never affected you? Like, how do you deal with the trolls? Like, how does that kind of yeah. feel? For me, it's been the most life changing thing, or the good. Mm. Um, I mean, the previous ten years to this. In fact, the time when I first started. To meet up with John at uh, Gumball HQ, I was I was in my previous life, um, which was in the textiles world, and I I worked in a factory that overlooked a scrapyard in Stoke on Trent, and um, glamorous, and it was it was you know it was a means for me to go and finance a car, like mm-hmm. literally it was my sort of um, way of of going. Okay, I, w- I always knew I wanted to be involved in cars. I didn't know what the route would be, um, and True story. I saved up a deposit for my first house and blew it all on an Audi R8. That's, that actually happened, which was the worst, best which decision Which is up here right now. That's right. Yeah. Change the pipes. Now, anyone tuning into this, or if there's any parents listening to this, I'm so sorry if your child's listening, um, but it just so happened that that was the, such a bad move that I had to make it work. And I remember my parents were just like, what are you doing? You know? You know? <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, and this is the catalyst, and John will remember that car. Mm. This is the catalyst for me where things were like, right, I've got to repay this car. Um, I remember how much I enjoyed filming. At the time, I was writing a blog about my experiences with cars, which were fleeting because I had a normal nine to five job living for the weekend. Okay, now I'm going to go and use this car. And um, so I was writing this blog and it actually gained some pretty good traction. It was getting about 50,000 uniques a, a month, which is about in about 2000 and what was this, John? 14, 15 ish. Other than that, 12, was it? I'd say 11, 12, 13. Right. Yeah. So the. What I didn't realize at that time was I was inadvertently building up an audience which would eventually launch my channel. I didn't know that then, but that's what I was doing. And the only reason I was doing this blog was because then I could speak to events and manufacturers and go, hey, I'm I'm definitely publishing good content, guys. Can I get a press pass or can I get access to Festival of Speed and things like that? Um, yeah, and so I've gone from this life, which I'm certainly not complaining about, but combined with how 
the thing which which mostly changed my life back at school, which was filming and editing, I now live that every day. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to work in an environment which was fine, but didn't really um, inspire me that much. It was the paycheck to go and achieve what what inspired me. And now um, the you know strands of of hate and trolls that come with it, which thankfully are pretty slim. Um, I've I don't know why, but the audience which we've built up has been incredibly mature. There's that you'll always get trolls, um, but generally, um, in the early days of the channel launching, I used to respond to every single comment, and it built up a, a impression with the audience at that time that if a decent question was asked, a decent reply would follow, and so I think it sort of built up this inherent culture amongst my audience that if you're sensible good things will come back you'll be, you'll have interaction people would put forward content ideas and I'd actually go and do it and so how that uh, evolved long term was now if there's anyone you know throwing hate in the comment section the audience now takes care of it for me yeah and, and again that was something which with hindsight worked out well but it was never part of the plan it was just oh my god someone's commented on my video i better speak to that person quick and and so in the early days when i could sort of you know reply to 10 people that was cool and now i try and scale it as best as i can um but that sort of early culture i think is still there and that's helped lots mental health wise um once again complete game changer for me i'm really thankful to be able to say that um I mean, look, if there's ever a day that I wake up and go, oh, God, I've got to film another supercar, the day I need a punch in the face, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Particularly considering where I was, how it's helped me. Um, and that aside, I mean, it started completely for fun. This was never going to be a thing, right? It was like, okay, maybe I can get a few more passes to the festival of speed, right? That, that was that was it. I wanted to. I just wanted an avenue to be around cars more, be involved in cars more. And it... This journey has changed my life to such an immeasurable degree that the days where you might be anxious about something or the days that you might get a disproportionate amount of hate than normal, you just let it go, man. Because I'm just like, I, I, I take a step back at the big picture and go, if it wasn't for this, I'd probably still be overlooking the scrapyard. So, yeah, wow. you just have to take the rough with the uh, smooth. But, yeah. Wise words. It's, it's, really, it's, it's really, it's very interesting to hear you speak, James. And, and actually, you know, one of the things that I've felt about you and your channel is you are constantly trying to evolve. And it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that you are spending a lot on production values. You are putting a lot of what you're earning back into the product. You're not just going, oh, great, well, I'll go and buy another house and I'll get another car with this money and we'll just stick to the crew we've had forever and that'll be fine and I'll pay the minimum, no problem. You're putting revolving floors in at Bista Heritage <laughs> and you're investing in your own mad supercars to do wicked things to them on your own time. Yeah. It seems to be very important. Keep spending, keep upping the game. Yeah, I think, um, you know, not, let's let's not beat around the bush. What was once passion has is my full-time job now. So if I was frivolous with just relaxing into the state of, oh, I can create content forever and it'll, I'll just be on this the same journey um considering how fast-paced this space is i think would be so naive and short-sighted and so as soon as i i was able to leave full-time work and go into this 
line of work. It was like, okay, this is this is this is still a passion, and I'm really fortunate to be in it. But I can't just be like, okay, I'm here now, filming cars, great. Or like, okay, if I don't keep evolving this and improving it and giving something back to the audience so it isn't getting stale, um, like any business, it's gonna stagnate. So it's not just about upping it for upping its upping its sake. It's um, reinvesting into a company so it can grow. And I think that's what I'd say as well about the cars. I think a lot of people see these cars as me, the person buying them. Chances are, if I wasn't in this line of work, I probably wouldn't have those cars. Not because I couldn't necessarily afford them. It's just they are assets of the channel. They are content creation things, right? So when we introduce a new car on the channel, it's like, okay, we now have a good 12-month journey with that thing that we, we can do X, Y, and Z. So it sort of helps to unfold um, content. But because over the years, there's quite a lot of people in this space now, it, 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 it became this sort of formula on YouTube where it was like, new car, and there's this joke online. It's like, new car, rap, exhaust, <laughs> 10 things I love about my car, 10 <laughs> things I have. I've sold my car, you know what I mean? And it was like, oh, it's this p- perpetual thing that everyone's doing. So you really had to find, like with, with any brand, be it you're a clothing brand or a, or a food brand, you've got to find your thing, right? Your niche. And I think that's where um, the the desire to want to evolve further than just that same formula came, which is why we ended up getting premises and growing the team and investing in production and trying all sorts of things. So, yeah. I, I think that's where you've just said the word there, investing in production. I think that's where certainly I, and I think the vast majority of people that consume YouTube media mm-hmm. will say, that's what makes James different. You know, we both have mutual friends that have been doing this for years. And in fact, I can remember the conversation at Gumball HQ years ago where you said, I'm going to have a go at doing YouTube stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like that ship sailed, mate, if I'm honest. That's done, bro. Like, yeah, (laughs) Tim's been doing this for years. Well, yeah, Tim, I think what's he in his 11th year, is it? 11th or 12th? Yeah. Talking about Shmi. Shmi, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shmi, I think he's probably in his 10th or 11th. I think it is 11 years, yeah. Yeah. And Um, I remember having that discussion and thinking, I don't don't think you're going to be able to make money from this, mate. Like, it's kind of happened. To be honest, neither did I. (laughs) Once again, I was after a few more, you know, passes to get rides up the hill at Festival of Speed. Um, So at that time, it was very much, oh, I can just be involved in in cars more. Mm. And I never... It, as we said earlier, it was never going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, I, I actually credit Jaguar Land Rover for making me make the transition from um, part-time YouTuber to full-time. Yeah. They reached out one day, completely, like, random email. They said, we'd love you to come to the agency. They, uh, JLR, were running at the time with an agency called Spark 44. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they put so much work through them, they, like, bought them. And they became this in-house agency. And it was funny, because even though they were JLR, they used to refer to them as the client. I was like, you are the client? Yes. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was funny. But um, so they contacted me out of the blue. And um, I said, we'd love you to come to the offices. We want to talk to you about this new car, which we're launching. I was like, okay, great. And at this time, I was like, I'll film anything. Right. <laughs> I'm there. So I got there. They made me sign an NDA, which... It, the time to me was was new. You know, I was like, what's this N- NDA thing? The world I was from didn't have any of that. So they were like, oh, it's basically it's when you leave the doors, you don't talk about it. I was like, mm. okay, cool. So I signed this thing and it was the XF shooting break, right? And I, I was like, that's not the most exciting thing. <laughs> cool. Anyway, 
So they're there and they're like, okay, what we'd like you to do, and this is when the uh, 360 video was just kind of coming on stream. And they were like, we've got this groundbreaking technology and it's going to be a game changer. And they wanted me to uh, to drive this this uh, shooting break up a mountain in Spain and do a two-minute one-take on this 360 thing because when this when this tech launched it was difficult to ed- edit 360 content mm. so if you had a break in it from a, a user experience it was difficult to keep it flowing so they were like here's the script you got to do that one take for t- two minutes when i say it now it sounds so easy mm. when you work with a brand you can't be a human being no. you can't say sat nav or jag it's 10.25 inch touchscreen display and Jaguar. <laughs> right. So it was, It was. you had to say this script in as human way as you could, mm. but you had to not skip past any brand terms and do it in this one take. So I was like, okay. Anyway, I'm there not expecting anything. I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing, I'm good to do this, whatever. And in that meeting, they put an offer in front of me that was more than I made the last year. Really? Wow. For three videos and we went to spain and we shut this mountain down and for me it was the first time that i'd been exposed to the full corporate plc world because mm. as 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 fascinating as this check was for me when i got on set i realized i was the cheapest component there yeah. it was in they had when i say they'd closed a mountain they had shut a mountain range mm. to shoot wow. this thing because the car was under embargo so they didn't want anyone to see it wow so they had a they had brand security that would escort me and the car around and they had guys with walkie talkies all around this mountain so if they saw any cars or cyclists they would walkie talkie the brand guy used to bag the car with me inside it just put a bag over it <laughs> like this and they'd be like James we'll let you know when it's clear and I sit inside this dark car for 45 minutes <laughs> like okay what's happening here and that happened and we did that three times we did it in Spain we did it in the Lake District we did it in Yorkshire. And um, yeah, that was the first time. And I remember going, crikey, like, how is that real? Mm. You know? And um, that was the transition where I was like, okay, that's basically just covered my year, right? So mm. all of a sudden, I can start to do more with that. So the least likely candidate at that time, which was basically a diesel estate car, yeah. is the transition <laughs> for me to go around the world filming supercars. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. love that what you took from that, rather than it being like, oh, here's an excuse to go and get another car and just film myself, hold uh-huh. the camera up and point it towards my face. It was production. Mm-hmm. And that's the crucial difference between you and everybody else that I see. Production value is is huge. You open with a drone shot that feeds into a chasing a car around a circuit. And then there's a clip of you doing an up and by where you get the back end out of the GT3. And it's just like, okay, this is a car show. I'm not watching another YouTube channel. This is a car show. I never compliment you and I'm going to do it now. This is the one and only time you're going to hear it. But yeah, that's the thing. And I, I think that has to be the reason for the growth success. Obviously it's fantastic that you have that list of blog subscribers already that you've got, you know, you had a fairly good social following as well. We yeah. had some fairly helpful mates, you know, yes, that had right. some fairly yeah. big profiles yeah, and absolutely. we were associated with a company sure. that quite a few people were watching. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, that all helps. But ultimately, if the content was crap, sure. the subscribers wouldn't be there. And every, I remember just watching each video, after one after the other after the other. It was like a step up, a step up, a step up, a step up. And then suddenly there's drones and tracking cars and it just 
Yeah, I appreciate Amazing. that. Thanks, so, dude. Cheers. That's all you're getting from me. Cheers. All right, thanks. <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard him say anything well, nice about me. <laughs> it's recorded, so I've got it for posterity. No, I, I stopped recording at John's request. He said, I might Whenever I'm so. feeling low, I'm going to come back to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> now, can I tackle a subject that I am sure there will be more than a few people listening at home or in the mm-hmm. car or wherever you're listening to this lovely podcast? Um in which there will be people going, why aren't they talking about Litchfield? So I'm going to talk about Litchfield. Far away, absolutely. Um, I'm going to open it with a question, which is, here we are at Caffeine and Machine. Let's Mm -hmm. imagine that the world is normal and we're inside and we've just ordered ourselves a pint. Yes. Chris Harris walks through the door. Yes. Are you going to offer to buy him a drink? I would offer to buy him a drink if he would uh, talk to me. Mm. Um, Well, let's explain, because whilst John has mentioned a podcast, this is also a radio show with listeners that may not be followers of Chris Harris and Mm -hmm. the debacle and so on. So, John, just unfold the story in the most simple terms. Okay. yes. So um, a lot of people know who Chris Harris is. He's a presenter on a Sunday evening television show called Top Gear and has been previously very famous for being a motoring journalist and um, hosting a a series of very successful YouTube channels, uh, Driving Cars. Uh, Chris put out a tweet. I'm trying to think of the scale of time here, but February, February of 2021. It's in heavily which, ingrained in my mind, John. I'm sure. It is. <laughs> and the yeah. tweet read something along the lines of a friend of mine from a tuning company has just had a phone call from an influencer who has proposed that for a set fee plus demanded, not proposed, demanded, demanded sorry, has yeah. demanded yeah, that demanded. for a set fee plus commission on all parts sailed, he be given a suspension set for his GR Yaris. Mm. And it was written in such a way that was so, in my opinion, I mean, I mean, it's difficult with you being a mate. You always take the side of your mate as soon as you see it. But I read the tweet and I thought, that's a, that's a clickbait <laughs> tweet if I ever saw one. The audience that follow Chris, which is huge, obviously, because of his position in television and his previous work in the field that we all... As a, the biggest motoring influencer in the world, I should add, um, he's always had this very clear dislike. Maybe dislike's not fair. He's made it. He's made his opinions very clear on how he describes influencers. When, of course, the vast majority of people sit back and go, "Hang on, Chris, I think you are one of those influencers as well." You know, very much a somebody that people watch on YouTube and people that li- you know, people listen to what you have to say about how a car drives and that sort of thing. And I don't want this to be an attack on anybody, especially not Chris Harris. And I'd love to have you know Chris's opportunity to talk about it, as he has done with a few different podcasts. Um, but that's... Sorry, you asked for a quick explanation, didn't you, Andy? And I've given a 45-minute one. So in a nutshell, Chris Harris implied that you or someone from your team had asked for some freebies and a load of kickbacks and so on from a brand. Mm. And he made that quite... It was, Let's be fair. I've, I mean, I've never met you before, and I knew immediately he was referring to you. Mm. And I hadn't even checked this with John. Mm. And then someone messaged me going, have you seen what's happened online? And I was like, yeah, doesn't seem cool. Now, from your side, James, what, what actually happened from your perspective? Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it with, a th- it, it transpired that was a really sad day for the car world. In fact, sad week. It didn't, it didn't you know, settle down. In fact, it sort of perpetuated into something that was so much bigger than it needed to be. Um, sadly, it was, I mean, first of all, as John said, um, it was implied that an influencer, it wasn't, um, it wasn't said that it wasn't the influencer that phoned up. 
uh, Litchfield. It was, in fact, an, an agent acting on behalf of. Um, but long and short, I was I was picking my, my boy up from school, actually, and some a friend of mine in Saudi Arabia sent me a screenshot of Harris's post. And he was like, tell me, this isn't you. And I was like, not us. Because we'd already agreed with a, a company called RS Fabrications to do uh, some work on the Yaris. So I was like, not us, odd. Anyway, get a call from the agent going, we might have an issue here. And I'm like, go on. He said, go and check out this post. I said, I've seen it. Turns out they'd uh, been speaking to Litchfield about this um, this proposition. Now, it was made out, and I'll, I'll use the word framed, that the influencer, me, picked up the phone and demanded £25,000 um, free parts and labour and kick back on all future sales. And it's a shame this isn't being filmed because I can't say it without <laughs> keeping a straight face. Um, it's so absurd. Um, and I was like, what? I'm still to this day, I haven't got to the bottom of why Chris uh, pitched it in the way he did. Um, but what actually happened was the agent phoned up and gave examples, different examples of how we've worked over the years. Uh, when we work with blue chip brands, often our brand partnerships start at 25 grand. Um, that will be explained a bit more. And then we'll say, but often we can work on different ways, parts in exchange for promo. Uh, if you want uh, further exposure, we can put together a package where it's like um, we can promote certain parts. And if those parts sell well, without, rather than you having to pay for any services, you can um, agree a kickback on parts. What happened there was Litchfield, I think passed it to Harris in a way that framed that up as we demanded that whole package. Um, what was disappointing is Chris and I talk every now and again. We're not mates, but um, every now and again, I'll message him on Instagram. Our chat thread on Instagram goes back a few years. And I was really disappointed that he could easily have reached me to have gone, let me just clarify this. Yeah. Um, because sadly, what was framed on Twitter on that day was mistruth. It just didn't happen like that. And because people rightfully respect Chris, what Chris said was taken as fact immediately. And, and it was a real shame because in the heat of it all, which was actually about two days afterwards, it, like it, immediately there was lots of speculation, but it built up and up and up. And I was thinking, how? what is the best way of addressing this? And behind the scenes, my team and I were there, basically crisis management, because we've been made out to look like we've sort of demanded, we made to feel like we were blackmailing someone or we've been caught dealing drugs. Mm -hmm. That's the way it had been framed. Mm -hmm. We were like, crikey, how is something that actually didn't happen, <laughs> which is a, the biggest shame is it, it, it didn't happen. The second biggest shame is even if it did, worst case, it was an agent going off piste. Mm. You know, trying to make up his quota that month. I don't know, mm. but I was like, "What is the what is the agenda here? Why why is this happening? Why is the need for this attack?" I've never fallen out with Chris. Um, 
Litchfield made out it was a cold call. Uh, we've been speaking to them since November last year. They made out like it was a complete cold call. Um, and in the heat of it all, when Chris was going on other podcasts, his own, and uh, Litchfield was going on other podcasts quite actively stirring the pot on this, I thought, okay, they're very open to speaking about this. So I thought the best way of addressing this is to be is to go head first and do what we're doing in this room right now. Wouldn't it have been great to have sat down with Chris and had a really transparent chat? Now, I just showed John the uh, text. I reached out to Chris, offered him a podcast, and he turned me down on it. So I didn't have the opportunity to do what I'm doing now. Um, so when you say that, just, just yeah. sorry, just to clarify. Yeah. So you see this storm brewing. Yeah. You message Chris saying, man, this didn't happen. No, I didn't say that. I, I messaged him and said, fancy a podcast. Um, and this is off the back of him doing a podcast on his own podcast, Litchfield going on to a YouTube channel of, funnily enough, a friend of mine in Germany. And um, I thought, okay, these guys are pretty proactive with talking about this topic. Surely Chris, coming from a journalistic background, would mm. want to know the other side of it. Mm. Apparently not. So the first, the first contact you have with him yeah. throughout this whole fallout is you simply saying, fancy a podcast. Yes, that's and, right, yeah. And the, the only response you got was, what, just no? No, no, no. He said, happy to meet in person uh, or chat over the phone, but not doing other podcasts. Which to me is just that that's it was that response as well as the opening disclaimer to the episode that he dedicated to his own podcast about this. And let me make this very clear. This is not and we're not intentionally criticizing or bashing anybody else here. We're all in the yeah, same. We're just industry. presenting a, a different side of the story Absolutely. to the one that public the public are acutely aware of. Indeed. Because I, like so many of our friends, I found myself battling people in WhatsApp groups. Yeah, you know, of course, the screenshots yeah, yeah. were shared around. Oh my God, have you seen what James has done now? And I, I for you know, hours of that evening, was writing back to people. No, come on, use your brain. We're all well, business people that. here. Thanks a lot. Yeah. We, oh, but that was the thing I was saying. We're all business people here that have pioneered our own businesses. We've all tried our best to get a given opportunity. You know, for a fact that how it's been laid out in that tweet is not the reality yeah. of how it's happened. Let's yeah, actually yeah. think about this. So there was that, and then of course. The podcast was released from Chris Harris in which he talks to Ian. Mm. And one of the first things that Chris says in the opening of his podcast, obviously witnessing the aftermath, the comments, the reaction, people for it, people against it, people fighting your corner, people fighting Chris's corner. The first thing Chris says is, along these lines, now come on, it's all a bit of fun. You know, we, we say these things... It, it, it's not an attack, you know. It, you've got to take a joke. You've yeah. got to, you've got to take oh. it all with a pinch of salt. And I sat there going, "Well, you've just—that's it. You've just undone the entire foundation of what you yeah. built." To, what to I would get say about about that is, it sounds like a retractive um, reaction. Yeah. Because what I haven't discussed is my entire family watch my channel. Of course. You know, my auntie will text me after a thing going, oh, that was a, a lovely video, James. My mum watches it. And for that week, I can't use the words on this podcast, the, no, the yeah. comments that I had. Mm. And I had I had phone calls and my mum was crying. Mm. What What's happened? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, it's all nice to say it's a bit of fun, mm. but he doesn't understand the impact that it's caused. Um, and, you know, at that time, it was... 
to most people, it was gossip in our world, yeah. storm in a teacup. When it's your teacup, it's hell, right? And what I learned within those days was a couple of months prior to that, Chris had been on a pretty active press campaign to um, to talk about mental health, mm -hmm. talk about his issues of abuse online. When he joined Top Gear, the original Top Gear fans threw him so much hate yeah. that he had to go and seek therapy for it. Mm -hmm. And then here we are two months later and he's serving up the same thing to someone else in the same community. And he, look, we're not best mates. He knows me. Mm. I, sh I showed you the text earlier. We have spoken. We can have a proper chat about it. Really, really sadly. And look, I'm, I'm a Chris Harris fanboy. Like I grew yeah, up reading here. every Absolutely word Chris right. wrote. Yep. I would couldn't wait for a Chris Harris video to drop on Evo. Mm. And can you imagine one of your heroes going, this guy's done that? Absolutely. Like it ripped me apart. And so I was just like, man, this is such a sad day. Mm. And I didn't go online for three days, not for the hate, because because I didn't make the call. I needed to get the facts right. Yeah. The agent that made that call was so distraught. He is seeking mental health treatment right now because wow. he thinks he's ruined people's lives. Mm. It's not his fault because it didn't happen like that. But the ramifications of what has happened, the fallout of that, based on one-sided story and framing it in a way that painted an untruthful picture was catastrophic to our world for about six weeks yeah. after that. It wasn't just, oh, here's some, some news. Every time you would post something up, 25K for that, 25K for that. Mm. You know what I mean? And it, again, it wasn't me. I, I wasn't I wasn't affected. It was my mum's seeing that now. Yeah. My auntie's seeing that now. Yeah. They can't escape it, right? It was like, oh man, this sucks. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's just a, a real, real shame because at its core, say it did happen, um, the, the headline for this would be agent tries to make money. Like literally, That's like, right. I mean, agent welcome to the something. commercial world. <laughs> yeah, agent pitches <laughs> offer, um, company says no. Like mm -hmm. literally, that's the very foundation of it. Mm. So it was such a shame that it got framed in the way it did. And I have empathy for the audience because I understand how much people respect Chris because I respected him that much, right? Mm. So I've put myself in their shoes and gone, if I read something from Chris... To be honest, I'd probably take it as well. Of course. Because I would, because I used to hang on every word he said. Um, sadly, being the other side of it, I know the truth of it. Mm. And it's a it's a, a classic case of the horse has bolted, that's it. Opinion yeah. formed. Yeah. And so I had to go to ground because I was gathering all, all of these facts and it made it worse. It made it worse because it was like I was being silent because I, I had to speak with the agent. I had to speak with the agency. Mm. My business partner, and these are things which have been left out conveniently by everyone else speaking about this. Mm. My business partner um, phoned up Litchfield half an hour after that to get to the bottom of it all. That's been not being mentioned once. No. You know, It was relayed to him by one of his staff. Um, prior to that all unfolding, um, they'd phoned us back saying that they were interested in, in working. <laughs> um, you know, the research that we do into brands that we are working with before we even we even approach them is quite substantial. Mm. Um, and no disrespect to that company, but we wouldn't pitch them a blue chip pitch to a company which is 
a, basically a family-run farm. It just yeah. doesn't stack. And so even that individual 25K on its own for, from our side is ludicrous. Like that's the sort of thing we, we go in for when we're talking with like Michelin. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So the fact that um, they bundled all three of those things into one and said mm. this is something that was demanded by the influencer, well, actually it was um, individual possibilities of how we've worked in the past with other people and we're open to working with you how you work from the agent to this day i've never spoken to litchfield ever so it's a real shame it's, it is yeah, it's it a is real a shame. shame as so, you say it was a it was a dark few days for the industry and the young yeah, and of course for the majority just like any big controversial event that happens mm. The old saying, today's news, tomorrow's chip yeah. paper. A lot of people just brush it off and went, oh, right, well, it wasn't yeah. that funny. Well, that was a bit of controversy yeah, or yeah. a bit of gossip. But of course, it does have a knock-on effect. It is clearly still yeah, something that really absolutely. plays on your mind. Does, yeah, and yeah. it's something that I think is is an event that will shape up the industry slightly. Yeah. I mean, for, look, first of all, if Chris does listen to this or anyone listening to this wants to pass this on to Chris, I would love to sit down. I'd mm. love to sit down. But... I just want the opportunity. Sadly, we were denied that. Yeah. I mean, I'm really thankful that we're having this this chat now. Mm -hmm. But there's one thing speaking to, you know, third parties about it. Really, I want to speak to crew. This isn't an argument thing. I just want to sit down and shoot it, you know, like, yeah. hey, man, you know, still fully respect what he does. Mm. What he's done for the industry is, is huge. Mm -hmm. um, the irony of this is he influenced me into doing this exactly, like yeah. for me he and, is and me and a lot of other people that are right? in this world yeah. yeah so i'd love to sit down get it on on camera and just be like hey man like what happened right mm. you know and it's I not think it will happen. have a public argument just just no. to sit down so i think it will happen cool. i'd like to think yeah. that it will happen and hopefully yeah, yeah. in the not too distant future yeah because like the like everything in the world everything comes out with time yeah, yeah the, the truth does always rise to the surface it's not going to be something that might be on the forefront of everyone's minds, but eventually sure. that opportunity will come. Yeah, hey, if yeah. you want me to come and mediate it, I'll be happy to do that, James. Sure. Well, maybe, no, maybe I'm too biased. Well, and also <laughs> if the pair of you were prepared to put on a bit more weight, you could join Fat Racers. Okay. <laughs> fat Racers. <laughs> yeah. And Chris is a good peddler, racers. So Chris, yeah, Chris he'd can, be a, Chris an asset pedal. to the team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Has it cool. still, are you still feeling the ripple effects? Has it still damaged the it's, JWW brand? Would um, you say? Not now. No, no, no. And, to be honest, from a brand point of view, it's been okay. I mean, the irony of this was the uh, the inquiries that we received from companies that week was insane. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, but it, it's it wasn't that. From a for me, it's not about that. It's it's a reputational thing. You yeah. know, yeah. going back to the story I was you know speaking about where I used to reply to every single comment. You know, just mm. getting back to people, like being as enthusiastic as possible. And then the one guy I look up to the most just goes bang. Yeah this guy's a snake off the back of mistruth. Like, I was yeah. just like, wow, that's wild. Yeah. And so what the problem for me wasn't brand damage. It was audience perception. It's like, okay, all of a sudden there's a group of people who hang off every word Chris says yeah. that makes me look like a bad person. Yeah. And most of them people that have never, never watched a second of your content or yeah. listened to a second of it. So content. it's more of a public perception or audience perception thing. You, you know, it's like, 
hold on, like that didn't happen. Like I wasn't even, I wasn't the guy, right? First of all, I didn't make the phone call. And second of all, what you've heard isn't true. So, um, Do you know if there was yeah. a really savvy brand out there, yeah. they would have quickly teamed up with you and said, listen, we're going to give 25K to, <laughs> to, to Ben, right? You know, to the, to, you know, or to a charity. Yeah, we're going to yeah. make a big yeah. splash of we're going to, you know, we're going to give you a massive check that's going to a charity. It's for 25K. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, that finance yeah. is now associated yeah. with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sure. Maybe Chris should be involved as well. Maybe he should give 25K to charity <laughs> so, and it yeah, should all yeah. be settled that way. But yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to kind of be flippant and jokey, yeah. but it, it must have been horrible. Yeah, thankfully now it's fine. You know, now it's, yeah. now it's cool. Um, but this is the thing that everybody forgets. You know, nobody likes to chip away at the power of celebrity mm-hmm. or fame or mm-hmm. influence or whatever. Everyone just thinks easy life. You know, yeah, they must yeah. have loads of money and everything's happy and everything's <laughs> yeah. easy. And they forget. I mean, something as dramatic as this, of course, is mm-hmm. everyone can appreciate shit. You yeah. know, your yeah, world yeah. was spiraled for yeah, a few moments. Yeah. But actually they forget that, you know, there's a family behind you. There are mm. friends who care. I mean, listening to John, I've never heard him care about anyone before. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly he's giving us love to the room. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I didn't know he had that side to him. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, but that's the point, yeah, you know, yeah. words, actions, truth. Let's keep it real and yeah, be yeah. honest. That's it. So, you know, and I think what would, you know, let's not be around the bush. We're sharing our love for cars. We're not saving lives. You know, yeah. it's just not a big, big deal. And uh, I think it's so, so, such a shame that it was tuck so seriously mm. despite the fact it was taken out of context and yeah next yeah. week we will be saving a life cool that's, that's <laughs> the, the only way we right can here, yeah. surgery brought to you live <laughs> <laughs> I mean we could try you know. um, James look it's been a really interesting very honest and, and very impressive conversation pleasure thanks, I, th- thanks really for having me you've brought yeah, the chat thank you. thank you so much that's cool thank you very much and um, it's great to finally be in the trailer man it's wicked it's a great setup I'm it sorry it's so cold <laughs> yeah it's quite alright yeah. it's, so, it's okay it was a much colder outside <laughs> we were only going to talk while burgers were being made we've been speaking for an hour and four minutes have we really have we I haven't I've seen ordered. any burgers I have ordered <laughs> they're wow. over there in okay. the teepee somewhere so oh. we should go and make let's go and eat thank you very much for your company Pleasure. today Thanks James lot, Amy John and most importantly of course you who've been listening we really appreciate it it never goes unwanted and we thank you so much we'll be back for more on the radio Sunday 7 o'clock and on the podcast same time same place bye bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, wow, you've made it to the end, the very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.